episode of the PAC Podcast, a series where we showcase the extraordinary efforts and careers of athletic trainers in the state of Pennsylvania, while also continuing to advocate for our profession across the country. My name is Jason Kopeck, proud to be back here once again as your host. And as you've been hearing over the last few episodes, we've been having the opportunity to speak with the chairs of some of our subcommittees. And that is definitely a theme that I'm looking to, con- to continue. And if you're listening to this episode and uh, feel like maybe your subcommittee has not been represented, uh, I encourage you to either reach out to me or reach out to your chair. Um, I've sent a bunch of emails um, and perhaps maybe they haven't seen that one come through. So definitely looking to have all the subcommittees represented on a few episodes down the road. Uh, But wanted to take a quick pause from that in because in a few of our last episodes, the topic of the graduate assistant model has uh, come up, um, one with Dr. Wendy Wheeler of the college and university settings, uh, Kiernan and Melagrana of the secondary subcommittee also brought up the same topic. And I thought now was a really good time to uh, kind of bring in our guest for today, who is, uh, you know, one of the last graduate assistants uh, in Garrett Miller, um, a recent graduate of the Westchester University Athletic Training Program. And we're happy to have him on. Garrett, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. I'm happy to be on. Really excited to uh, kind of talk about our graduate assistant model and uh, kind of my experiences and and really how my experiences have kind of translated where I am at my in my in my point in my career. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure, definitely happy to uh, be on the Pads podcast and kind of get rolling with this conversation. Yeah, Garrett, um, let's start back up a little bit. Uh, tell us about, you know, like where you're from originally, um, you know, where you did your schooling at. Obviously, I've kind of mentioned you did your your master's degree here at Westchester University. But, uh, you know, further back, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, for sure. So I'm originally from uh, South South Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, born and raised in South Jersey. Uh, for everybody that's kind of listening in the uh, Gloucester County area, I uh, went to Kingsway Regional High School. If Again, if anybody's familiar. Great football with, program uh, there, right? Actually, great sports yeah. all around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fo- football alumni, yeah. baseball alumni. And uh, yeah, no, um, I did my uh, undergraduate work at West Virginia University. I graduated with a Bachelor of Science uh, with athletic training in the specialty of that degree. I worked alongside their West Virginia's football team, their men's basketball team, their uh, wrestling team. Um, primarily focusing with football and men's basketball there. Um, I can say that my experiences there have really kind of translated where, where I'm at today in my Mm -hmm. career and the, uh, preceptors and mentors that I had at West Virginia university definitely really shaped me, not only professionally, but personally. Um, and as you touched on, I did my graduate work at Westchester university, um, Happy to happy that I uh, honestly had my experiences there as well, mm-hmm. uh, being a Division two setting, but one of the larger D two um, mm-hmm. athletics programs. I would I would personally say from from my experiences in yeah. in the Division two setting, um, and I know we can kind of touch on kind of the transition from D one D two also, um, but uh, definitely a great stepping stone or definitely a great experience, kind of getting the the different. Um, ideas and views of uh different division settings in college for sure what was that experience like uh garrett at uh west virginia university where you know not only division one athletics but also a big time program uh all around yeah um i mean like i said it it really 
just being with some of the athletic trainers that have worked there in the past and a couple I can name right now being Vince Blankenship, who's the head football athletic trainer at West Virginia, Zach Foster being the assistant athletic trainer with football. Um, and then of course, one of my favorites and one of my guys, Randy Metter, who is one of the, uh, who is the head athletic trainer for West Virginia's men's basketball. Um, those guys just, just, just resembled so much professionalism, but also just gave so much to the university and to the athletic training program in a whole that it really shows and just shows how much they advocate for the profession, mm-hmm. but also for the students. Um, but being in the division one setting, the power five setting specifically, it, it definitely was a memorable experience just from, from all the traveling to being in big time, um, games to being in big time crap, being in front of big time crowds, but also kind of really trying to learn how to establish yourself, not only professionally, but personally within all that noise and all that, all that attention is, yeah. is something definitely that, um, can one be challenging, but also to be very exciting for, for an athletic trainer, especially as a student or clinician. So then moving ahead, um, you know, Westchester makes a lot of sense then for your graduate uh, studies, just being that, you know, we're only about, you know, what were we about 45 minutes from where you were at in South Jersey. So the locality makes sense. Um, But what was that process like for you um, leaving West Virginia? Um, You know, what, what made you land on Westchester? What was that application process like for you? And how did you come to that decision? So I, as soon as I, so let me kind of reverse a little bit yeah. back. Um, I knew I kind of wanted to just stick in athletic training mm-hmm. after I did a uh, summer internship with the Jacksonville Jaguars and their football organization. Mm-hmm. I was really almost set on kind of being a physician's assistant and kind of going into that realm, which unfortunately we kind of see a lot of our athletic training students. I mean, unfortunately, but fortunately just being in the health profession, um, taking that, uh, taking that route over to, being a PT, PA, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. And um, after my experience with with Jacksonville, it, it pretty much just kind of showed me what athletic training really is and how much it really means to not only athletes to just, but just like organizations in general yeah. and how important we are as healthcare professionals towards towards not only, you know, professional sports, but collegiate sports, um, high school sports, even in the, even in the industrial setting as well, now that we kind of see that. But um, I'm definitely happy that I kind of made a little bit of a transition from that D1 Power 5 towards Westchester, again, being in that D2 setting. It was a, it was a tough transition due to kind of, you know, you got all the toys and all the, all the cool stuff at West Virginia with, in terms of modalities and really just having an unlimited budget, just being in that power five, um, power five topic. But I looked, I turned that kind of negative into more of a positive and, and thinking kind of more outside the box. And I'll kind of touch on this later Mm -hmm. as we're kind of moving down into the conversation. Um, but kind of thinking so much with, okay, we don't have all this, you know, all these, uh, modalities and all these resources to kind of just utilize on, on our, on our student athletes, but more so we got to think on, Hey, how are we going to 
get this athlete back to return to play without all that, all the um, mm-hmm. modalities, like I was saying, but like, how are we going to um, utilize our resources mm-hmm. that we have at Westchester to get, make sure our athletes kind of get back um, safe and, yeah. and, and healthy, but it's, it's, it's more challenging. You know, I, th- I think we have to, yeah. you know, rely on our abilities without the use of all those bells and whistles that you had mentioned um, yeah. and really trust in ourself and, and our, our knowledge and experience. Um, let's start with uh, then, you know, what was that transition like for you to kind of come back home, so to speak? Um, and then not from an athletic standpoint, but coming to a place like Westchester University with uh, you know, a storied history of the athletic training department and, you know, the, the education side of things. Yeah. Um, and I really did not, and I'm going to be perfectly honest. I really did not know so much about the Mm -hmm. Westchester athletic training history. Um, being just kind of, again, surrounded by all the noise and everything Mm -hmm. being in West Virginia and all the great things about their athletic training program and, and, things like that. Mm -hmm. I just really wasn't too familiar with Westchester's athletic training history until I really stepped foot on campus. Right. And it's something honestly, that is extraordinary just to hear about their kind of storied history and all the um, great athletic trainers that have kind of shaped what Westchester university sports medicine is today. And, you know, we hear about names like Phil Donnelly, right. Mm -hmm. Where, he's one of the original members of kind of shaping what athletic training is today. Um, and it's, it's awesome to hear. I know I'm kind of like a history buff myself Mm -hmm. and to hear that I am a part of that history now. And, and, and I'm a part of that kind of chapter in, in Westchester athletic training. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's really kind of a cool story and it's, and something that I can kind of, you know, look back on and be like, wow, like now I'm, now I'm in the history books along with a bunch of other members that again have kind of went through here. Was there any bit of, um, you know, nervousness when, you know, you kind of got to meet some of the faculty here at Westchester. Uh, and I'm sure like just like all the universities throughout, not only the state of Pennsylvania, but the university, um, you know, just their backgrounds individually and, and what they've accomplished, you know, the likes of uh, Dr. Sandra Folks-Godak, the likes of Dr. Carolyn Jimenez, Dr. Allison Gardner-Shires, and Dr. Katie Morrison. Um, you know, was it a little bit, you know, as a, as a young kid coming into that setting, um, you know, did you have any kind of apprehension about that once you kind of got to know who the faculty was? A little bit, I would yeah. say. Um the biggest thing is like you kind of touched on is mm-hmm. just the transition from going from one school that you were so comfortable at yeah. to another school that you're, you know, have to kind of show who you are and show who you are, not only personally, but professionally as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's important to kind of put your, you know, get your hand in the right door or so to yeah. say, um, try to, again, like establish who you are, but also, meet be able to be social and find out about all all the great things that again all the all the clinicians that you kind of named yeah and you know focus on what their accomplishments are and and really try to see like what kind of route you want to go on to in your kind of path towards Mm -hmm. your career and everything like that um so i would you you know like i would say the the nervousness obviously kind of is 
is a thing present where anybody's kind of moving into a different setting. Yeah. Um, I could definitely say I, I had the uh, same kind of feeling that I, where I am today at Ryder mm-hmm. University now. So um, it's definitely something where, you know, you kind of, again, just have to adapt yourself and just try to get used to your surroundings and the people you work with and everything like that. Right. But yeah. So then, Gary, let's move on to like touching on the two years that you were here, which was from 2021 to 2023, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, You're correct. Yeah. Yep. So we, we overlapped a year when I came in to the faculty in 2022, but you were here for a year prior. Um, you know, talk about your two years experience, at, you know, specifically yeah. as a GA. Yeah. So my first year was was kind of an odd transition, odd, odd so to speak, that my first semester, I wasn't necessarily with a specific team, mm-hmm. which being in, you know, being at West Virginia and everything, I was, you know, kind of stuck on being with one team. And that was my team for either the semester or the year. Um, so I kind of took on that Gator role, which, which if anybody is familiar with kind of Westchester's um, responsibilities and everything like that is it's kind of like an out of season clinic. Mm-hmm where you are pretty much responsible for any of the, so I was there in the fall, right? So I would be responsible for any of the season ending injuries that would happen in the fall, but also any injuries that are ongoing in the, for the spring sports as well. So I would say that it was an interesting transition. um, So to say that I really didn't know how to kind of grasp it. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I was like, okay, is this the new normal? Like, mm-hmm. am I just like kind of being in a clinic right now? Like I know yeah. I had some sports responsibilities in the spring, um, but it was kind of hard to adapt because again, like I said, I was with a team really all every year I was at West Virginia. Right. So it was interesting to say that I felt like I wasn't like in a PT clinic or anything like that. Cause I, you know, I'm seeing, athletes and and everything like that on an everyday basis but it was like okay where what is my role and what is my responsibility here and how can i really kind of you know like we talked about earlier how do i establish myself and show who i am as as a young professional yeah yeah and then you know kind of moving on i i i had uh the ability or the uh, opportunity to work with westchester's storied softball organization which has been which honestly was a very humbling experience granted the success that they've had for so many years especially within the past decade or two and um i also had the ability to kind of you know work alongside the football team a little Mm -hmm. bit but also with um the men's and women's soccer teams who again if anybody that is listening is familiar with kind of westchester and d2 sports is i mean they're men and women's team have been kicking butt so to say within the last three to four years so um it's it's honestly a very humbling experience my time at westchester kind of working with very successful division two programs um but also alongside some very great coaches and and again all the staff that you kind of touched on at westchester they were all Mm -hmm. great to me it was a it was a very great experience and something that i'm very fortunate to say that i had two years spent at westchester yeah 
How do you feel? And, and I apologize for the listeners and, and Gareth for not, you know, properly introducing you. But, um, you know, you, you kind of led on that you're, you're now employed at Ryder University, uh, you know, up there in uh, Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Um, but, you know, let's talk about how you feel that the, the GA role that you had for those two years, uh, you know, kind of set you up for your future. So, you know, starting with immediately after graduation and then, you know, I, I'm assuming helping you land the job at Ryder University as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, biggest thing I would say is the graduate assistant role kind of really set me up in terms of that, that communication, but also that social aspect, right. That we kind of touched on mm -hmm. in terms of, listen, I was able to, at my time at Westchester through my graduate assistant role, I almost served as pretty much a head athletic trainer for mm -hmm. most teams, yeah. you know, so to say I had a preceptor that, again, is one of the benefits that a graduate assistant could have is you have that kind of that lean back, right? Where if something is, you know, a little fishy or a case seems a little tough, anything like that, that you have the ability to kind of look at yeah. those, um, look at your preceptor or supervisor, right. so to say, and be like, hey, listen, I'm dealing with A, B, and C. Yeah. Do you think you could help me out? Um, but again, kind of touching on almost feeling like that head athletic trainer of a specific team you have that communication with coaches 1v1 um i can know i or i can say that i've had the ability to design injury reports by mm -hmm. myself uh responsible for rehab and treatment plans all you know mm -hmm. um but also that communication aspect with other you know athletic trainers both within the within your sports medicine team but also to other athletic trainers just you know, when you're kind of going on different tra traveling trips and you're just having those conversations right before games with other athletic trainers, kind of, you know, just, just having that aspect yeah. of, um, communication was something that really kind of set me up for my position Yeah, and having that social ability is so strong in our profession. And I feel like that's something really where a lot of us kind of take a little bit less time on and we're almost kind of feeling like we're a little bit too robotic with our athletes or with our other coworkers at times. Right. Yeah. And we kind of just need to, you know, take a step back, breathe, relax and be yourself because that's really the thing that's going to make only not you feel confident about your work or kind of who you are, mm -hmm. but also kind of give your athletes and your coworkers a little bit. Oh, wow. He's, you know, he kind of knows what he's talking about here. Or he, you know, he has that ability to kind of give the athletes a little bit more, um, you know, a sense of calmness or anything like that. Um, and I can say definitely just having that aspect of um, being at Westchester, I, I definitely strengthened those skills. Um, so I would say yeah. that is probably yeah. one of the biggest things that kind of set me up for, for where I'm at at Ryder University now. Yeah. I always say, Garrett, like, you know, having a, a grad assistantship myself, you know, way back in the day, long before you, um, yeah. you know, the the most rewarding thing to for me that I, I often think back on is that, you know, we were trusted with uh, the opportunity to have some autonomy, right? They, they trusted us to provide comprehensive care. But yeah. at the same time, you know, we were surrounded with people that we, everybody understood that we, you know, we were only in the game for about a year or two years at that point. Um, so yeah. there were going to be things that we came across that we didn't have the experience yet as some of our, you know, seasoned athletic trainers may have had. 
And they yeah. understood that there was going to be things that we needed to bounce off of them, come to them for guidance and support. And they, they, they always welcome those things with open arms. Um, but like, like, like you said, you, you were trusted to be a certified athletic trainer. And I, I thought, I always thought that was, you know, one of the most rewarding experiences. Um, your, your thoughts on that? No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and again, kind of talking about that's really GA is it's really your first professional experience out of undergrad, which is scary yet exciting because mm -hmm. you know you're finally kind of out of that classroom setting where you know you're you're not listening to so many people kind of telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of thrown out there on your own and you're like, okay, here it is. Like, yeah. this is a, what we've all been kind of like working up to. And this is all what we've been kind of training ourselves for. And it's, again, like it's, it's scary just because, you know, you're kind of also serving as a precept, preceptor and mentor towards younger clinicians within the sports medicine program there. Yeah. And you kind of have all these responsibilities thrown at you. And on, I, I, I mean, that's one of the challenges yeah. of kind of being a graduate assistant, right? You almost think that you're balancing so many things on one plate that it's like, okay, like, how am I going to be able to kind of make time for myself? Right. How am I going to be able to make time for, you know, A and B? And how am I going to be able to kind of manage everything? And at least this I know was one of the challenges of me kind of especially my first year, but me trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm fortunate again with kind of working with Dr. Allison Gardner Shires with this. And this is something I always kind of tell other athletic trainers and, or I tell other younger clinicians and everything like that is sometimes you just got to step back and take a breath and kind of realize where you are and kind of your surroundings and what you're doing and everything. Because if you kind of get lost in all the excitement and all the craziness and in sports and in athletic training and everything like that, you're going to lose You're going to lose yourself sometimes in terms of like, you're going to lose your cool or you're mm -hmm. going to, you know, do something that's really going to either potentially hurt somebody or potentially kind of hurt yourself in terms of you kind of moving on in your profession and everything like that. And Dr. Gardner Shires was, was definitely someone that kind of taught me that and, mm -hmm. and really sat me down privately and was like, Garrett, like, just take a breath and just kind of realize, like, it's okay to kind of not be able to have so many responsibilities at times and just ask for help sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something that, again, we kind of get caught up in, in athletic training is we all think we can do something just by ourselves because that's what we're taught to do as undergrad. And we're like, listen, you might have this responsibility and this responsibility, but sometimes it's okay to ask your coworker. Sometimes it's okay to ask, you know, a friend, um, what you would do in this certain specific, specific situation. Yeah. And, um, again, that's kind of like the stuff that, that was a challenge for me but it's definitely something that really kind of shaped me both professionally and personally as, as an athletic trainer. So, you know, Garrett, moving forward, then the, the change in our profession and, you know, obviously way above you and I, right. I, you know, I, I'll give you my take on it in that, you know, I trust the authorities to be that the, 
the the move to a master's degree for the athletic training profession is being done for the right reasons. And then, you know, when I really kind of fully comprehended and got involved with what what that meant for the graduate assistant model, um, you know, essentially meaning that the GAs will be going by the wayside. Um, you know, although, you know, I understood the decision, I, I couldn't help but feel disappointed for the numerous, you know, undergraduate athletic trainers coming out that would no longer have that opportunity to pursue a graduate assistantship throughout the country. And as we all know, for that time, there was thousands of opportunities spread out everywhere across the country. Um, So I I felt disappointed that that opportunity was no longer going to be available. Um, You know, your thoughts on, on on the model going away and, you know, kind of your take on things. Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit the hammer with the nail there that that there's so many opportunities for for undergraduate students kind of to get that GA experience, get mm-hmm. the opportunity, you know, to get your master's and mm-hmm. and further your education, but also to have the opportunity to work as a certified professional for a couple of years before really kind of having the big, big responsibilities or the additional responsibilities mm-hmm. of what a full time athletic trainer might have. So you kind of get that little bit of, you know, you get that taste of like what we talked about before mm-hmm. of being, being that head athletic trainer of a specific team and, mm-hmm. and having that first professional experience serving as a preceptor mentor for other, you know, younger clinicians. And it's, it's tough now that that's getting taken away because mm-hmm. a lot of people, and I know the, you know, we're in that, that program now where it's, where it's a, three plus two where mm-hmm. where um we have our clinic our uh, students kind of going through three years of that undergraduate work and then there are two years of masters mm-hmm. but a lot of the thing and this is what kind of really i stumbled upon or kind of blew my mind mm-hmm. is that these students weren't really getting so much clinical experience through their first three years mm-hmm. and I thought that was something that really was negative towards kind of athletic athletic training in in terms of the curriculum, Mm -hmm. because we have, I'm fortunate to have been able a part of the, you know, traditional four year program where I had my experience, my first fall semester of my freshman year. Mm -hmm. No, I wasn't, you know, touching, touching athletes Mm -hmm. or, you know, doing treatments and everything like that. But I'm in the athletic training room. I'm watching what other athletic trainers are doing. I'm around student athletes. I'm around sports. I'm around kind of what I'm trying to shape up to be and being an athletic trainer. And I hope I are, I kind of speak in front of for everyone that Mm -hmm. pretty much is an athletic trainer in terms of we're hands-on, we're a hands-on profession. We're, we're visual learners for the most part, right? We're, we need to be in a setting where we're putting our hands on, you know, on student athletes in terms of treatments and rehab and trying to palpate um, specific anatomical structures, things like that, where, where we kind of need to be in that setting. And it, and it's unfortunate that that is kind of getting taken away and correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. that these that the curriculum states that they aren't kind of hopping into the clinical setting until that fourth out of their five years. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the way we have it going right now. 
Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate because I really think that you're going to learn best when you're kind of thrown into that fire. Right. So to speak is you're going to learn. And obviously with, with the, with you have other preceptors or athletic trainers watching the student when they're going through their work and everything like that. But a textbook and a written exam can only teach you so much of what it's going to be like in the actual athletic training room or what it's going to be like out in the field or the court or the Mm -hmm. ice or whatever the case may be. And I feel like that's really just the big issue of where our curriculum is now is that we're not getting as much experience as I did personally through my four years. And I think that's kind of something that, that really should be kind of addressed in, in terms of how the curriculum is kind of moving on. But yeah. Yeah. Garrett, um, you know, we talked a little bit in the beginning there. So, you know, you grew up in South Jersey, uh, you went down to West Virginia, you came back to New Jersey, um, you know, where you then commuted, if I'm not mistaken, right, you commuted from your home there in Jersey to Westchester University uh, for those two years. So, you know, your time in Pennsylvania was limited. um, But, you know, in those two years, I mean, did you get an opportunity to have any involvement with Pats, um, you know, even on a limited basis? Unfortunately, I I really did not get as much experience as I wanted with Pats. And it's something that I really... You know, after I left Westchester or so to say graduated from yeah. Westchester, um, really kind of look back on and I'm like, wow, like I really kind of should have involved myself more so in terms of just what kind of Pats is and what what they do for not only not only for athletic trainers in different areas, but also for just the for the state of Pennsylvania right. itself. Right. Um, and again you know it's tough with just again all the challenges and all the responsibilities that i had as a graduate assistant to kind of to kind of dive into that yeah. aspect of of pats but i mean there's so many great aspects and so yeah. many great resources through pats that for anybody kind of listening and especially the younger clinicians out there try to get yourself involved in yeah. in organizations like pats um it can definitely kind of open you up to different experiences and definitely help you with, with in terms of networking and trying to find out what really fits you as, as, as a clinician or young clinician, I'm growing into your um, career choice and everything like that. So definitely, definitely something I regret and something I would recommend for really anybody kind of going. Do you see that like, do do you see that missed opportunity? Um, you know, as something you may carry on now and, you know, perhaps, you know, perhaps get more involved over there in Jersey with the ATSNJ. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, and you know, the most important thing is, is really advocating your voice. And it's something that I try to, in terms of, you know, my own sports medicine team itself, in terms of trying to get, you know, my point across or trying to get my voice heard in terms of what I, you know, my opinions and, in certain aspects and everything like that. But to be able to kind of have those organizations and committees where, you know, you have the ability to kind of use your own voice towards certain legislation or certain rules or certain um, aspects within your state. And, and that's something that honestly is very underrated about our profession. And it's something that has been growing in our profession, which is awesome to see. Um, 
just watching kind of athletic training grow within the past five, six years that I've kind of been involved with. And it's, it's definitely um, something exciting to see, but definitely something that, you know, we need to keep kind of get, getting the ball rolling with, right. We need to keep still pushing our, um, our profession out there towards our States and, and, and our country in in general as well. Gary, that's great advice, man. I appreciate your, your insight on that. Um, but, you know, before we let you go, you know, you, you got to tell us a little bit about what your life's like today over there at Ryder University and, you know, how things are going. Um, what, your first, like, five, six months over there? Yeah. I uh, started around August, no, July, August. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, it's been kind of a – Yeah. Not a cra- – it's, it's been a crazy ride just, you know, kind of really getting my, my feet wet – feet wet with kind of that first professional experience, you know, outside of actual doing schoolwork and, you know, not having to, having to worry about doing a research thesis right. project or, and, you know, really don't have to worry about, uh, Oh, I got a quiz due on Sunday and, you know, I got sure. a game on Saturday. I got to travel to. So right. it's, it's been great in that aspect in terms of, you know, trying to get comfortable with just being, an athletic trainer and everything and not have to worry about all the other, other additional responsibilities of school. Yeah. Um, but I currently work with uh, our field hockey program in the fall and our baseball program in the spring. Um, and both great programs, both, both kind of programs that have been very successful in the past five. So years um, I, I have a very great staff that, mm-hmm. that has just been, awesome in terms of support and making me feel comfortable as kind of a young professional. And, um, I'm very excited and very happy that, you know, I kind of made this choice into, into going into Ryder university Mm -hmm. in terms of working with their division one athletics and being back into division one athletics. And, uh, yeah, Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to kind of see where this takes me through my career and, and, hopefully hopefully again continue the network and continue to keep meeting people and and really advocating for both athletic training but but also just you know sports medicine as a whole you uh you you touched on the sports that you work with you you didn't mention uh men's basketball um so i have you know a crazy connection for you um and you also mentioned yourself as a history buff um how much do you hear about uh one of the assistant coaches there jason thompson um you're going to test your New Jersey basketball knowledge. Yeah, um, <laughs> I imagine I, I imagine you can't go through a day with you know without really hearing about him. Yeah, and I really again like it's one of those things where I you know you step foot in the door of of a certain college mm-hmm. and you really don't know about their history in yeah. terms of either their athletics like kind of how it was with Westchester and yeah. then you find out that they had a. NBA lottery pick not too long ago. And you're like, when was this? Or like, 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 you know, so again, he's, yeah. I was going to say for for all our listeners that may not know who we're talking about, Jason Thompson was a uh, standout basketball player. I believe he graduated high school in 2009 from Lenape high school uh, over there in South Jersey. And then I believe he ended up being the ninth overall pick by the Sacramento Kings um in that year's lottery pick um but uh, you know also you know was a uh standout player at Ryder University where Garrett is now yeah and then he yeah. uh you know had the uh, esteemed pleasure Jason Thompson was a guest of my uh 
former podcast, Sports Medicine on Tap, which is still going strong, but had the opportunity to sit down with him. And uh, I mean, he's really just a, an outstanding individual in terms of what he does now with his career, uh, giving back to the community, continuing to, um, you know, uh, pass on, you know, the basketball knowledge that he has now at, at Ryder University. Um, and one of, just one of the greatest guys I think I, I've met in my time without really ever being his athletic trainer, just, just a stand-up citizen in the community. Yeah, I mean, you definitely touched on his uh, his role kind of within the community and and Ryder University as a whole. And I and just speaking from speaking from perspective and just kind of listening to what other uh, what my other coworkers have said and everything. You know, he's he's given a lot back to to the university and 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 really is kind of a, again a standout guy and and represents not only Ryder University but but New Jersey sports in yeah. general as, as, as a, as a great, uh, role model. And then another little fun history, uh, fact for you, uh, you know, not, not going to let the episode go by without giving a shout out to, uh, coach Roy Blumenthal, who's on the Ryder men's basketball staff as well. Um, you know, coach Blumenthal was actually, uh, on the, on the staff with coach Dick Delaney here at Westchester university men's basketball. When I was a student athletic trainer with them, um, you know, in the mid 2000s, I believe it was 2005, 2006 season that I had covered with them. Um, but, you know, actually just somebody I, I never, never forgot about just what he meant, helped shape my career, you know, going through as well. Uh, so I'm not sure if you knew he was, we had those ties together too. I, I did not. That, <laughs> that was, that, that was a little, yeah. another, another little shocker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gary, like let's, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up here. Um, you know, before I let you go, just again, summarize, you know, what the GA ship meant for you and then, you know, how you feel like it's going to help you three, five, 10 years down your, your career. Yeah. I could definitely say that GA role kind of really set up my confidence as, as an athletic trainer and going into kind of really finding my purpose and, and my role and really showing who, who Garrett is as an athletic trainer and, and it's something I'm going to take with me, obviously for the rest of my career and for my life it, with all my experiences that I've kind of had in the past. And you kind of look back to it and you're like, okay, like how can I improve personally and professionally? How can I really help my specific team accomplish my goal, accomplish goals? Mm -hmm. And it's definitely something where I look back at my GA ship and I, I can definitely say that I've, you know, I've been thinking outside the box more. I've been kind of advocating for, for athletic training more. I've kind of been gaining more confidence throughout my work and, mm -hmm. and showing again, really showing what my purpose and my role is towards not only helping our student athletes, but also, kind of helping um, our specific teams in general and, and the success that we kind of have around our organizations. I feel that really gets kind of underutilized mm -hmm. is, is kind of how much we play a role in the success in our teams. And it's something that's very behind the scenes. And I know you can talk to really any athletic trainer and they'll probably say the same thing is that, you know, where everyone kind of sees us specifically sometimes on TV and, you know, they see us just going running out into a field court and and standing by somebody's side and then but nobody really sees what we do yeah. behind the scenes and nobody really sees how much time and effort that we really put into 
into our jobs and our professions. And it's, it's definitely a unique, unique job. And it's something that I'm very happy that I chose as, as a yeah. profession. And I hope everyone as an athletic trainer listening that they can kind of, you know, think back about either their time as an undergraduate student or fortunately as a graduate assistant and, and really think about the, the experiences that they kind of had and, yeah. and who, how, and, who it kind of shaped them into today. Has it sunk in yet, Garrett, that uh, you're not the last, but you're certainly one of the last, you know, kind of individuals of a of an era that was very prominent in our profession? I mean, it's kind of like the end of an era for you, and you, and you were a part of that. I mean, has that sunk in for you? It, it really When you put it that way, been, I guess I should say, like when, yeah, when you put it like that, like has that really set in? Yeah, I mean, you're really the first person that's kind of, Oh, okay. That's really kind of said that and kind <laughs> yeah. of told me that. Yeah. And, and I realized, you know, there's there's really maybe very, very, very limited opportunities for for those graduate assistantships like we kind of talked about just due to the transition of the curriculum. Yeah. Um, and, you know, bar, barring everything that we kind of talked about and stuff like that, it, it's yeah. it, it stinks. But it's you know, it's it's something that again a lot of we can kind of look back on and see what we can kind of improve on in our yeah. profession and but um but yeah no it really hasn't sunk in until until you kind of brought that up yeah. right there you'll be telling the next generation of athletic trainers 15 20 years down the road you know about your time and they're going to look at you like they have no idea what you're talking about just like when <laughs> when, when i tell you guys about how when i was a student athletic trainer you know we were we were out on the field sometimes without a preceptor and we traveled on the road to a yeah. contest where there was going to be an athletic trainer, but we went with our team. Um, yeah. And I feel like when I tell people that, you know, or like the students today, they, they, they think I'm either joking or, or absurd by even, you know, having that uh, experience. But um, you know, you're kind of going to be in that same boat down the road. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Garrett, sure. man, I, I really appreciate you taking the time today, um, you know, fitting us into your schedule there and, um, you know, really enjoyed having you on. Yeah, no, I, I'm really appreciative of, of, again, advocating for our profession and, and really, again, kind of having a conversation with, with somebody that I respect for my time that I really kind of worked with at Westchester and, and uh, hopefully everything kind of goes well with the podcast mm-hmm. and, and uh, hopefully you kind of get some more opportunities to either talk about athletic training, sports medicine, whatever the case may be, and, and continue some great conversations. I'll be listening. Appreciate the saying that, Garrett. Yep. Thanks again to all our listeners for tuning in today. Remember to help spread the word to all your friends. You can find us on all major platforms, Apple, Spotify, Podbean, you name it. Uh, if you have ideas for the show, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, contact information will be in the show description. Thanks again for listening. And remember, let's be better athletic trainers.